It's a privilege to be with you here today as you celebrate the festival of your patron, St Matthew, Apostle, Evangelist and Martyr. In this, your prestigious 175th year as an Anglican church in the Diocese of Adelaide. I've looked through your website and I'm encouraged by your strong vision to share the love of God through a mission to make Jesus known. How better could we share the love of God than by making Jesus known? The Bible readings set for the Feast of St Matthew reflect this angle of mission, this outward-looking focus. I'm aware that this church community has participated in the mission-shaped church introduction initiative led by Bishop Tim alongside other churches in the deanery. I want to affirm today that mission is core to what we as Christians are required to do in response to God's self-emptying gift of himself in Jesus on the cross, his world-shattering promise of salvation shown clearly to all in the resurrection from the dead. Paul's exhortation from the letter to the Ephesians sets the scene for today that we respond to our calling to mission to proclaim one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Embedded within this proclamation is the deep love of God which passes understanding. This, I think, is what your parish vision is encouraging you to share with the world. Today, I want to take us back to the beginning, to the blessed time long ago when Jesus walked among the people as the incarnate Son of God. We are in the world that was about to be radically changed by the ministry of Jesus. The account of his ministry is preserved for us from the perspective of the writer who took his name from Matthew, one of Jesus' twelve disciples. We call the account the Gospel of Matthew. Gospel, of course, meaning good news. In the original Greek, the word gospel is based on a word for announcement, euangelion. In later Greek, it became pronounced evangelion. It's where we get our English word for evangelism and evangelical from. The act of evangelism is to announce the good news. This church of St. Matthew stands in a long, strong and proud tradition of Anglican evangelicalism, which makes me feel even more privileged to be here. Matthew, the gospel writer, likely wrote his account sometime after the year 70 in the first century CE for a community of primarily Jewish Christians. We pick up today in chapter 9 of the Gospel and we hear the account of the call of Matthew to follow Jesus. As early as chapter 4 in the Gospel, after the infancy narrative, after his baptism by John and temptation in the wilderness, Jesus began to call disciples. The event which initiated his ministry was the arrest of John. Soon after, he called Simon, Peter and Andrew, two brothers who were fishermen, 
then two other brothers, James and John. All four immediately followed Jesus when he called. Matthew's call is in chapter 9, but it is not until chapter 10 that we learn the names of the 12. Their calling happened somewhere in between. For today, however, we are concerned with Matthew and with what his calling means for discipleship now in our own time. The overall theme for today is calling and following. We here today in this beautiful church have been called by God to be disciples. At different stages in our life, we must discern anew who God is calling us into being and what it is that God is calling us to do as faithful followers. As Paul says to the Ephesian church, there is one baptism which unites us and from which we are known as disciples, but we cannot stay in the primary place of calling. Discipleship is a process of being that is ever moving and changing, as indeed it was for the first followers. If we don't respond to the call onward from the place of baptism, confirmation or whatever conversion experience it was that brought us to this place, then it is like being stuck in the infancy narrative, unwilling to leave the house after the wise travellers bring the gifts fit for a king, the Christmas card scene. Or perhaps it is like being unable to leave the wilderness after, of testing after baptism, either unwilling or unable to move into mature discipleship. The harvest is indeed plentiful, as the evangelist Matthew writes later in chapter 9, but sometimes those awaiting harvest to be brought to Christ as your vision exhorts are unable to hear or see what the next stage of their call might be. Sometimes people need help to get to a different stage in their life journey. Matthew's calling lets us know how we can be disciples anew, rediscover how we can participate in God's mission, become enlivened with the deep joy that faith brings to every part of our being, that empowers us to show the love of God to those around us. The call of Matthew by Jesus happens unexpectedly. He's just walking along. Unlike Mark's version from which this episode is drawn, Jesus is not by the sea. At the very beginning of the chapter, Jesus had crossed the sea and was in his own town. Matthew who was known by his Jewish name Levi in Mark's account, was sitting in a tax booth. Already he is cast as someone whom others would dislike. Collecting tax in the ancient world was a lucrative process for the collector who would demand far more than what was legally required. Unlike the modern world where we have a process by which the proper amount of taxation, even though we still dislike it, dispute it, (laughs) is deducted. In Jesus' time, especially the poorest people were ripped off. Tax collectors were expected to be corrupt 
and were therefore despised and named among sinners. There was a human face to tax collecting then, unlike in our time when most of us will do our our returns electronically. Matthew had the human face of a tax collector. As a tax collector, Matthew was likely to be fluent in multiple languages, including Aramaic, which was likely spoken by Jesus and his earliest followers. Matthew collected taxes for Herod Antipas in Capernaum. If people could not pay their tax, they were sold into bondage. Families were separated, children sold off. No wonder they were despised. Yet even tax collectors had to earn a living. And I can kind of get where Bishop Tim was going with the Roman guards alongside the tax collector there and making sure that the extra cut was taken. The text does not give away how wealthy Matthew was from taking extra cuts on taxes. However, the evangelist groups him with the sinners. And sinners, as Jesus teaches in the gospel, need healing. Jesus seeks those who need God. And as disciples in another generation, centuries on, We are to show God's love. The call of Matthew is set within a discipleship frame. The call belongs to each of us. It is why we are here today. It is deep, spiritual, essentially part of who we are. The call to discipleship opens the way for a wider pattern of discipleship. Let's return to the scene. Jesus is walking along and saw Matthew sitting at a tax booth. It's a simple call. Akolutemoi, follow me. Like the fisherman, Matthew just got up and followed him. I think when a call hits you, it's soul deep and you can do nothing more than just get up and follow It's like your destiny unravelling, a door opening. And so we come to the meal, the house. Whose house? And as I just said before I got up here to Bishop Tim, I'm about to make mistake number three because I worked from a different version than the one that you've read um, here today. They actually worked from the original Greek. So in Mark's Gospel... The house is clearly Levi's, Matthew's. But it is actually less clear today in our text. And the version that I've worked from, and as he sat at dinner in the house, your version today has made it a bit more Markan. Um, But remember that in verse 1 of chapter 9, Jesus came to his own town. Was this the house that he and the disciples were using while they were there? If so, the hospitality offered is from Jesus to Matthew and the band of followers he brings, those whom the Pharisees lingering at the fringes call sinners. I think this brings an unexpected edge to the story. We usually think that Jesus goes with Matthew to his house for a meal and is disparaged by the Pharisees. What if it is inverted? Jesus offers hospitality, a model for discipleship that we can follow. 
It's not always easy to be invited into the places where people who do not follow our Lord go. Sometimes we need to make space to invite them to our house. Throughout the Gospel of Matthew, the house or household is central. At the meal, the tax collectors and those whom society has deemed sinners gather to recline at table with Jesus. The sinners are those who live beyond or at the edge of what was known in the time as respectable society. In the house, in the company of Jesus, these people do not need to prove themselves worthy to be there. They just need to turn up, to follow, and they will be welcome. The model is clear for we who follow centuries later. Jesus teaches that we are not separate from sinners. Jesus calls us all. Separation from others does not bring about healing. And Jesus in this passage uses the image of a doctor and the sick. We are challenged to be learners in the company of those who are unlike us. Go and learn what this means, Jesus says. We who have been faithful Christians and followers for a long time are no different from any who get up from what they are doing and follow, no matter who they are, where they have come from, and when they do it. When the teacher calls, whoever follows is welcome. The call of Matthew to follow Jesus helps us today look outwardly when we share the joy of our faith beyond those whom we know and associate with regularly. Matthew's call invites us to reconsider church as being the established community to the church as made up of those who follow. This is especially important as we move into an era in which around us church buildings are emptying and unmaintained parish church buildings are closed. In this era, we are called to rethink who we are as Christ followers. How will we go forth and follow? Who will be called alongside us? What will we do inside the house, this very building which has stood as a symbol of church for 175 years? And so I invite you to think about what the word mission means to each one of you in the year 2023. It can be hard to love those who do not love you. So when you respond anew to the call of God now in this time, when you show the love of God and others do not love you back, what will you do? It is a challenging space to be, but that is what it is like in the field of harvest. This is the call to live into God's mission There are generations now who do not know God's love, who have no idea about the foundational Christian stories. Increasingly, Christianity is being taken away from our children and our elderly, people in the very formative and vulnerable places of life that long to learn 
or to be reminded that God loves them. Matthew's call takes us back to the very beginning. Listen for your call and follow. Listen for Jesus. Akolusemoi. Follow me. Get up and follow. You are welcome in the house, in the street, wherever he calls. You are welcome.